Ephesians chapter 2. We were here last week and I want to start again on this. Remember what we have done, the, the ABCs of the riches of the new covenant, that is, remember we have taken our initial reading was from Hebrews 12, verses 18 to 25, speaking of the law being given at Mount Sinai, and none could come near the mountain. Then we see how we cannot keep the law, as it were, we all fail and fall and falter at it, and because of the new covenant, the better covenant, the covenant which has better promises, the covenant which has a, a greater or a better mediator, and the covenant which has a more excellent ministry, which is the new covenant of the Lord Jesus Christ shedding his blood on Calvary's cross or tree. And that covenant brings us into the presence of God. That covenant is better because it cleanses us from all our sin past, present and future. That covenant has so many riches in it. Again, we're going through the alphabet, God willing, and we're only at G and we're about week 10 or 11, whatever it is, I've lost count. So what we have looked at is A, we are accepted in the beloved, under the new covenant that is. We are accepted in the beloved. B, we are born of God or born again. C, we are crucified with Christ. D, we are delivered from the power of darkness. E, we are enriched in everything in him. F, we are forgiven for Christ's sake. G, we started last week, we'll stay with G this morning. Ephesians chapter 2. And we just want to lift out one verse just for the moment and then we'll look at this chapter in a moment. Verse 10, please. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Notice what it says in verse 10. We are his workmanship. We are God's workmanship. The redeemed saint is a work in progress. The redeemed heart is a work in progress. We are his workmanship. In other words, sometimes we stress, can we be saved? And then, can God forget us? Will God leave us? No matter how we feel, no matter the circumstance of the situation, will God deny us? And I want to let you know that in the scripture it tells us that we are his workmanship that from start to finish, he is the one who saves, he is the one who keeps. He will neither leave you nor forsake you. He will not deny you. When you are his, when you're saved, born again. Okay? So, we're looking at this this morning. We are God's workmanship. We are his workmanship. Notice, created in Christ Jesus. We were lost in Adam. Father Adam sinned and we all became degenerate. 
Father Adam sinned and we all took his germs and we all became sinners. And Father Adam sinned, we were lost in Adam. But we are now made anew in Christ. So God's workmanship is for those men and women who are in Christ. And I said to you, I think it was last week, I could tell you a nice story. Bring a nice little parable along and I could tell you something that would tickle your ears. But when you come to hit brick walls, when you come to, to a place in your life where you don't know whether you're making it through the next moment, never mind the next hour or the next day. And when you come to a place when you don't know whether you're coming or going, when you are in a place like that, we stories aren't going to cut it for you. We thoughts to tickle your ears and make you feel happy and verses from a hymn, while they may encourage us at the time, will not cut it when you're in the storm. It's knowing the word of God and knowing the God of the word. And it's that word that dwells richly in you, learning. That's why I'm opening these up, that you will realize that you are not doing this salvation thing yourself. In fact, you're doing none of it. Christ is doing it all. Every single part of your salvation, every single day of your salvation, every moment in time to do with your salvation is nothing to do with ourselves. It's all because of him. So feel secure in knowing that you're saved because he died for you. Feel secure in knowing that you are saved because he shed his most precious blood for you. Feel secure in your salvation by knowing that he rose again from the dead for you. Feel secure for your salvation knowing that he is interceding at the right hand of God for you. And feel secure this morning in your salvation knowing even though you have been failing People don't like to hear we're failing. We're failing all the time. We all are. Even though you have been failing, he remains the same. I change. He changes not. The Christ can never die. His love, not mine, the resting place. His truth, not mine, the time. Everything to do with our salvation rests solely, totally, completely, uniquely, utterly, and absolutely, positively in Christ and in Christ alone. Notice, you are his workmanship. The Father's workmanship created in Christ Jesus. What are we created for? We're created unto good works. In other words, God works in you that you will work for him. When a man and woman shows faithfulness to the service of God, it shows a faithfulness of, a, of God of the service. When a man and woman shows in their life a passion and a drive where, again, they don't have to be wound up like a clockwork toy, but they're there 
they're in front of God, they're praying, they're seeking his face, they're worshipping, they're praising, they're interceding, they're in the house of worship. They're there because they want to be there, not because they feel they have to be there. It shows a working of God in the life. That's God working in you. There's nothing in me, there's nothing in you that wants to be here this morning. Only what God has done in us brought us here. For if the Lord left you and I to our own devices, and if God was to say, take his spirit, you and I would be dead toward God. And you and I would be in the bars and the clubs and the pubs. And you and I would be doing all the things that the world does. You and I would be, remember last week, we would have been our own ways, our old life was dominated by the world and the things of the world. Domination comes from the devil, from the things of the world, but now as a redeemed heart, your domination, the domination of your heart is through the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Ask yourself, what is dominating my heart today? Thoughts of maybe what was said to you during the weekend from someone, or I'm thinking about where I'm going to go tomorrow because it's a bank holiday. I'm thinking about what I'll have for my tea, my dinner. What dominates your heart? What dominates your heart? Financial problems dominate my heart. Job prospects or the lack of it dominates my heart. Not knowing where I'm going next dominates my heart. And it dominates me. That's the things that the world seek after, Jesus said. That's the things that the world cares for, runs after, chases after, strives after, and desires. But really, those things are dominating the heart of that man and woman. Those things are dominating your heart. But God says that he wants to dominate the heart. God says his spirit should dominate the heart. The word of God should dominate the heart. Thinking whom he is should dominate the heart. Thinking of his glory dominates the heart. His power dominates the heart. Loving him dominates the heart. His majesty dominates the heart. For when all things come against us, our God dominates our heart. He dominates our heart. His spirit dominates our hearts and our minds. It's the domination of the Holy Ghost over our lives. Empowers us. Gives us that unction. The anointing of God to dominate our hearts. And when God dominates our hearts. We dominate the things outside. Can you give me a scripture for that? Absolutely. Greater is he that is in me. And he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And since you are God's workmanship. God is moving in you. Working in you. Then let him. For we say well Lord I know you can. But you don't seem to be doing it. We must believe and receive. We must believe what he says. We must believe that God is what he says and can do what he says. 
For he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. Here we have the domination of the heart. Now ask ourselves this morning in your own mind and in your own heart, what dominates my life? Who dominates my life? Is it God? The things of God? His word? His Holy Ghost? Does Jesus dominate your life? When I say dominate, I don't mean it in a negative sense with Christ. I mean the domination is that all-consuming grace, that all-consuming love, that all-consuming power in the heart that dominates me that I just want to yield to him, to bow the knee on my head and pledge it to heaven. Or do we pledge ourselves to heaven on Sunday and to the other things Monday to Friday or Saturday, should I say? What dominates our heart? What dominates yours this morning? We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. You notice God doesn't work in men and women outside of Christ. So when someone comes to you and says, well, all religions, we're all going around the one mountain, we'll eventually get to the top, poppycock. Nonsense. We are created in Christ Jesus. And those who are in Christ will find that the workmanship of God will cause them to pursue the things of God. Let me say it for you again. Those who are in Christ will find, for you'll know them by their fruit. You'll know them by the lifestyle. You'll know them by their passion. You'll know them by their talk and their walk. You'll know them by their faithfulness. Those who are in Christ, who love him. Those who are in Christ, you'll find that being in Christ, they are created. God is moving. It dominates them to chase after, seek after the things of God. That's why the psalmist even says, Psalmist looking at himself as a deer beside waters, as the heart or the deer panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Not for any God, for the living God. And those who say they know God or think they know God outside of Christ don't. But those who are in Christ will show God in their life. The anointing of God will be upon them. They will seek the things of God. They will chase after the things of God. They'll be faithful in the things of God. They will serve in the things of God. They will love the things of God. See, when I was outside of Christ, you couldn't have got me across a church door. I used to go in Orange Order parades. And I used to do a Sunday parade as the master of the lodge. And once I walked into the church, some orange man I was meant to be, I turned around, spun out, and ran out the side of the church and went to a pub that I knew was maybe open, going in the back door. Nothing in me wanted the things of God. But God started working in me. God started speaking in me. God started moving in me. 
And the God who was working, speaking and moving is now starting to fashion and to form, to shape and to mold something in me. And in you. And since I met the Savior, I need nothing else. I don't want the pub and the club and the drink and all the things that come with it. My desire is for the living water. Do you desire the living water this morning? Do you desire the living water that comes from him? For you are his workmanship. God working in you, through you, and for you. And if you desire the things of God, then God is working in you. Let God have his way. Bow the knee. Pledge the head to heaven. Serve him with a joyful heart. It's easy to get into a rut. But a grave is just a rut with both ends kicked out. There's many people that are in a long grave. Walking in it. Sooner or later you'll fall and lie there. Here we have God's workmanship. We are created in Christ on the good works. Which God hath ordained that we should walk in them. In other words when God is prompting us. When God is moving in us. When God is blessing us. When God is calling us. When God gives us the unction of the spirit. And we do not move in that. We do not serve in that realm and in that sphere. We find that when God is calling us, he's saying, I have ordained for you to serve me from before the foundation of the world. You are mine and I serve me. Now, here's the thing, believer, not speaking to the ungodly. Here's the thing to every Christian. On that day when we stand before the Bema seat of Christ, not the great white throne judgment now. The believer won't stand there on the beamer seat of Christ. We stand there to have our rewards or our losses, our gains or our losses. When we stand there and God says, I have ordained that you would serve in this capacity. I have ordained that you would serve in this ministry. I have ordained that you would go and preach the gospel. You would lay hands on the sick and they would recover and you refused. What would you say to him? you say when the Lord says I spoke to you in conviction to be in the house of God and you'd rather have sat at the far side I had ordained that you'd be there from before the foundation of the world see I believe God is sovereign I believe every step I take he numbers and every hair of our head he, he numbers. He knows all the stars and the sparrow in flight. He bottles our tears. He is so intimate with every one of us. He is working in us. And he's working for us. We are God's workmanship. Nothing of ourselves. It's all of him. I know there's those who believe. Well you and I maybe added something or done something or gave something to attribute the love and grace of God. I want to tell you something. We are saved by grace alone, through faith alone. That is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any one of us should boast. But works does not save us. Save us but when we are saved, then we work the calling of God in our life. 
Am I speaking to someone maybe this morning and God has been dealing with your heart? God has been calling you. God has been speaking to you. God has been prompting you. God has been saying, you know that you're doing this wrong or that wrong or God has been saying to you, I'm calling you to service but you won't come. I'm calling you to move deeper into, into worship but you won't let yourself move in. I'm calling you to break those chains that bind you. They're already broken. My son's blood pays for all your sins. Stop letting people tell you what you should and shouldn't be doing. Read my word, listen to me and follow me. And we decide to sit No, Lord, I'll just stay here. So the Lord said to you, the house of God is open. What dost thou hear, Elijah? The house of God is open. What dost thou hear, Elijah? You're getting sunburn on your feet at the fire. Roasted and toasted. God saying, I have ordained for this to be your life. Whether it is a life of on a cleaning team or whether it's a life of preaching the gospel, it does not matter. We are all, every one of us, important in his eyes. He is working in you, whether it's musicians and singers or IT or youth leaders or children's teachers or whatever it is, Sunday school. God is saying, I called you and before the foundation of the world, I have given you the ability to move in this order and area and you will not answer the call. You won't be faithful in this service. Yet God is working in you. Again, I've went off my sermon. But that's what the Lord wanted then, isn't it? Here we have, we are God's workmanship. Notice, created, not man-made. Created. Not man-made. If we serve man, we fail. And if we serve man, they fail. But if we answer the call of God and serve him, he never fails. And he is never unrighteous to forget your works. We don't work to be saved. We work because we are saved. For he is working in us. The word workmanship here is a word poema. Poema. And we're told of the workmanship which starts in God. I'm going to do this point and then we're going to wrap it up. And I'll have to come back to G again next week. In Ephesians chapter 2, last week we looked at verse 1. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and in sins. We've looked at that this morning also in another way. And we were in disobedience before God. We were not listening to the call. We didn't know of the gospel. We heard things but didn't respond until he quickened and made us alive to receive Christ. Notice, we were like everyone else who are unsaved, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh 
and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us to sit in together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Here is the working of God, for by grace are you saved, through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast, for we are his workmanship, Created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath ordained that we should walk in them. Notice God saves us by his matchless, amazing grace. He calls us, he keeps us by working in us. He is making something out of you. He's making something out of me. In other words, that which God is making should be nothing like what we were. Read Ephesians 2 when you go home. Look at our lifestyle before we knew him. That's what we were. We're not what we used to be. But we're maybe still not what we could be. God is working, calling. And he says that it's all in him to trust him, yield to him. And believe him. Grace. Gift. God. Grace he is saved through faith. It is the gift of God. Notice this grace. The gift of God. Nothing of yourself. Grace glorifies God. But works glorify man. We are his workmanship. The word poema. Poema. For workmanship. It gives the idea to make a product and it gives the idea to make a fabric. To make a product, to make a fabric. What product is God making in you? What fabric Is he making you into? He's fabricating something. He's making us all to become more like his son. That's what he's doing. But now ask ourselves, what is the product of my life? What is the product that I offer Christ? What is the fabric? What fabrication is happening in my spirit? And does it glorify the Lord Jesus? You are his workmanship. You're his product. He's weaving, making a fabric. A spiritual fabric. A fabrication to make you like his son. So then we ask ourselves, Lord, where am I? In the process of your production and your fabrication 
What's the fruit of our life? Is the water sweet or bitter? Because it can't flow out both. God's workmanship. Next week I want to look at it again. Didn't think I was going to get three weeks out of God's workmanship. Look at the word peace. You know, he's the God of peace. Surprise you what it means. What he wants to do inside us. Peace. We all know what peace is, but it'll surprise you what that really means. And how that peace must be attained, can be attained, but only through the working of God. Lord bless his word to our hearts. Your attention is tremendous. I've either stood in corns, <laughs> or the Lord's just speaking. Or the Lord's just speaking. Gary, let's close in a time of saying something, time of praise. Bless his name. You know, I was telling people on Tuesday night, just while the team are getting ready, and receive the tithe and the offering at this point as well. Um, we'll round up. I was telling the people on Tuesday night, there's a man got in touch, um, and he says that, he says, are you having another big tent event? <laughs> and I near dropped the phone. Um, but I says, well, we've all our plans at the minute. We're, we're trying to build our building fund. And uh, we're trying to get us, keep as much money in the tent cost, quite a bit of money. So we're trying to focus on the building fund. So he says, well, I listen every week without fail. All the messages, all the sermons. I want to send you a wee check. So I'm waiting on it to see what it is. <laughs> wonder would it be a million or something, you know. <laughs> or would it be a pound, maybe? <laughs> doesn't matter, I says. But no matter how large or small, it doesn't matter. So we just thank you for your giving. And we know holidays are coming. And I know this sounds like I'm being greedy. You know, I don't ask for money. I just say, let's give as the Lord's enabled us. But, you know, maybe you're going on holidays and you're away. Let's remember, your tithe is still your tithe, whether you're here or foreign, or you're here or away, okay? Because we need everyone to stay faithful because we're, we're looking to try and move things forward. So God bless you. Thank you for your giving. And uh, we'll see you, God willing, tonight. Yeah. Thank you, Gary. Gary, can you love Jesus for this other
fire in my heart be the wind in these sails be the reason that I live Jesus 